Welcome to another edition of our podcast, Indiana is Ag plus Bio plus Science. It's presented by Agrinovis Indiana and Inside Indiana Business. I'm Gary Dick, the host of Inside Indiana Business, also the host of this weekly podcast where we have in-depth conversations with leaders, innovators, and entrepreneurs in Indiana's ag bioscience sector. It is the sector where food, agriculture, science, and technology all converge. This week, excited to sit down with Norman Burns. Norman is the president and CEO of Connor Prairie. And Norman, welcome to the podcast. Very happy to be here this morning. Give us a little bit of your background, your path to getting to Connor Prairie. I know the museum industry, if you will, is uh, very much in, in your background. It is. I actually grew up uh, outside of Murfreesboro, Tennessee, on, on a 100-acre farm that uh, my father and, and grandfather and uncle farmed. Uh, he, uh, they didn't do it as a full-time occupation, but yet we had Hereford cattle and, and had tobacco and cotton, a few other things like that through the years. So I grew up being around agriculture. So I've always had that kind of outdoors and agriculture background, and I went on to uh, get academic degrees in history. And uh, I planned on pursuing teaching, uh, but went into the public sector about 33 years ago. And I've been in both my home state of Tennessee, as well as uh, 10 years in Richmond, Virginia, at a park there, and now at Connor Prairie. And I can tell you in that 33 years, Connor Prairie was always at the forefront of the museum profession, innovative programming and things that Connor Prairie did. So when I received the phone call saying that that they were interested uh, in finding a new president and CEO Mm -hmm. after my predecessor, Ellen Rosenthal, was retiring, uh, it was a very easy uh, answer to that phone call to say, Mm -hmm. yes, I would like to learn more about what Connor Prairie is doing today. What really attracted you to Connor Prairie? I think because Connor Prairie has always been an innovative organization. You go back to its origins with Eli Lilly, the fact that it was one of America's early preservation projects. He learned from John D. Rockefeller in Williamsburg. He and Ruth Lilly actually went there to learn uh, about that and and created uh, uh, the Living History um, uh, Village uh, uh, very early on, even though it wasn't really open to the public. Actually, early on, he was doing farming and very innovative mm-hmm. farming. So the fact that uh, that uh, Connor Perry is one of America's earliest uh, living history sites and has the farming background, has always been innovative in programming, whether it was first-person interpretation or the mm-hmm. educational programming we've done, the events like a Headless Horseman or partnerships mm-hmm. with Indianapolis Symphony Orchestra for, you know, for mm-hmm. uh, the symphony and those types of things. And then finally, experiential history, the big type of exhibits and programs we've done, like the 1859 balloon voyage and the 1863 Civil War journey, treetop outpost, and all those. Mm-hmm. That's an example of doing things differently mm-hmm. uh, as, a, as a history museum, and that's why our aspirational goal is to continue uh, that process and continue to change the way the, vir- the world views and uses museums, and Connor Perry started that a long time ago, and that's actually what got me excited mm-hmm. about coming yeah. here. Well, Connor Perry is certainly one of the largest attractions in the state, one of the most visited outdoor museums uh, in the country. It's a Smithsonian uh, affiliate as well. As you mentioned, a long history of innovation that spans science, history, art, nature. If you would talk more bit and, and kind of walk us through that educational experience and how it's transformed and why it's important for a museum to do those kinds of things to remain relevant, to continue to attract the uh, people. Well, I think it really starts with our founder, Eli Lilly, because he was very interested in teaching history in a way that books cannot. And I think that's why he wanted to preserve the William Connor uh, story and the site and begin thinking about how could this uh, tell larger stories and be a little bit more innovative in programming. And he wanted to preserve that early Indiana 
history. And William Connor, we're sitting here at Launch Fishers, and you know, uh, uh, Fishers is a smart, vibrant, entrepreneurial city. And mm-hmm. as I remind Mayor Fadness, William Connor was really the first smart, vibrant, <laughs> entrepreneurial citizen of Fishers, Indiana, when he arrived here in 1801. So I think the continuation of that story and how we've innovated in education uh, from the first-person interpretation to the opening doors philosophy uh, of interpreting and educating students and adults that now over 1,400 museums worldwide have used that process. So we've always been at the cutting edge of innovation. The fact that we're considered a uh, uh, one of the um, uh, learning activities for social studies for fourth graders. That's why we, mm-hmm. we serve over 60,000 school kids from across the state of Indiana and five other states. So educational programming has always been at the forefront. That's why we continue to push that with Preschool mm-hmm. on the Prairie, our resident teacher program uh, for Hampton Southeastern Schools, immersion biology uh, programs with Ivy Tech, and I could go on and on. But mm-hmm. we continue to push that envelope of innovating education at a place like Connor Prairie. Yeah, and you mentioned Fishers and the brand, if you will, that the city of Fishers has uh, has created in terms of being entrepreneurial and, and innovative and what's going on with Connor Prairie. Is there a, does that make a nice fit or a nice connection between between the two? It really does because you think about the history and, you know, I, I know that Fishers does not have the long history, mm-hmm. uh, perhaps as a city as some others uh, in the state of Indiana, uh, but the fact that its earliest citizen was right here on the banks of the White River, I think, gives it that heritage connection uh, that most uh, cities do not. And the fact that the White River runs right through the middle mm-hmm. of Connor Prairie uh, through our property and through Fishers, uh, I think, makes that wonderful connection because the White River is really the life source uh, mm-hmm. of this community. Uh, it's the land and it's and it's the river and it's and it's the people that were here and and uh, the earliest inhabitants uh, of this uh, of this area knew that symbiotic relationship mm-hmm. between the river and the land and and what that meant uh, for nature and agriculture, and, and I think that's uh, Fishers being in the middle of all that uh, is a fine example of why it's become a smart entrepreneurial mm-hmm. city. Innovation and change has been a big part of the history at Connor Prairie, and as I understand it, uh, you know, there are some very significant future plans uh, on the books at uh, Connor Prairie that will prominently feature innovation in food and agriculture. What can you share with us about uh, some of these new experiences? In the last three years, we've done a comprehensive site master plan, really looking at the 1,046 acres of land uh, that we have in the 3.3 miles of the White River that runs right through the middle of it and it just said how can we develop this over time? So it's going to take a while to do this, but what, what should we focus on? And I told you earlier about uh, Eli Lilly and his love of history and agriculture. And a lot of people don't realize, they probably don't remember at this point, that actually uh, Connor Prairie Farm was very prominent uh, on both the east and west side of the White River uh, during Eli Lilly's uh, lifetime. And it was very innovative farming. On the Fisher side uh, was Percheron uh, Horse Barn, as well as the uh, as feeder cows and hogs on the west side. Uh, there are both uh, sheep and hogs and a very large operation for that. And so it's that agricultural background, the arrival uh, of William Connor and agriculture that the White River supported, and then the continuation with that with Eli Lilly and what Indiana means to agriculture worldwide today. That's really the story we want to tell. We think that with this acreage and with the river and our ability to be public-facing uh, with the story of agriculture, that we're the right place because we have the farmland to both take the educational content and apply it to the outdoors mm-hmm. And so our food farm and energy experience is really looking at that. How do we look at the symbiotic relationship between the land and the river and agriculture? How do we tell that story? Because, you know, by mid-century, there's going to be nearly 10 billion people on this planet with less than 1% of the population Mm -hmm. having anything to do with agriculture. So we have to figure out how to grow smarter. We have to uh, figure out how to use our water better. And those are all prominent stories that will be featured in our food farm and energy experiences, as well as our
our River Heritage and Ecology Center that have been on the west side of the property. There's a real feeling that Indiana can play, or already is playing, but can play a key role in feeding the world uh, and the challenges uh, that exist with that with that prospect. Do you see this new exhibit in, the, in, in Connor Prairie as maybe in some way playing a role in helping to tell that uh, tell Indiana story? Absolutely we do, and we see that we're a complementary uh, story to that. I mean, we have one of the best state fairs uh, in the world uh, here in Indianapolis, and, and but that's less than three weeks out of the year that those mm-hmm. stories can be towed. And we have fairgrounds, and we and we do those things. But we believe that we can be a 365 public-facing uh, story for agriculture in Indiana. And if you talk about agriculture in Indiana, you're talking about agriculture in the world. And so we feel that that's a positive story. And the fact that we're open to using this land and river and mm-hmm. And uh, and working uh, in the public-private sector to do those things, I think, is a very uh, a very interesting play. And the fact that we can truly go from agriculture in the past to agriculture today and the future all in one location mm-hmm. and do that year-round, I think is a positive uh, thing for Indiana. You really have, a, I guess, a unique challenge uh, of delivering educational learning to a, a really wide variety of ages and generations, uh, which may need to be uh, done using several different techniques. What as Connor Prairie done or is Connor Prairie doing to make the exhibit stay, stay fresh? Uh, and you've kind of touched on this uh, previously, but what do you do to kind of keep things relevant uh, in today's uh, world? Well, we're always staying up on research within our profession, the education profession, about uh, what what are our audiences looking for. And so we, we know that we, and, and we listen, we want to meet our audiences where they are in their mm-hmm. life cycle. And so by listening to them, they tell us, you know, what type of exhibits, what type of programs uh, would we like. We also know there's many other audiences that have not been reached by Connor Perry in the past. And that's why, as we look at being a more inclusive side and more accessible to different audiences, uh, that we've developed programs uh, 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 that are, are really working with people that are on the autism uh, uh, spectrum or with people with dementia uh, and, and those types of programs. We're working uh, with uh, with different audiences that have uh, uh, different abilities as it's related to hearing and sight. And by reaching those audiences and doing that uh, at Connor Prairie through exhibits and programs, that's reaching a different type of audience than we have in the past. So we continue to innovate uh, with the type of exhibits that's done inside our buildings and out on the land. And you're going to see more of that as, we, as we're in a capital campaign now uh, to really change our welcome center into mm-hmm. a museum experience center. And we're actually going to increase our exhibit space by 600%. And a lot of those wow. will be uh, interactive and special type of exhibits that people will have never seen before. Zuri, that's that's a big expansion. Uh, do you see that as, you know, Conner Prairie already is on the map, if you will, but do you see this expansion uh, and growth of Conner Prairie is really uh, putting Connor Perry out there. It does. This this first step with uh, changing the way people enter Connor Perry off of Allisonville Road, mm-hmm. we're going to be changing uh, the landscape and uh, and um, uh, and the lay of the land, if you will, and by changing the Welcome Center into a true experience center and, and better orienting our guests uh, to the history of central Indiana as they arrive and how they get out on the grounds and the type of exhibitry. And, and right now, uh, earlier, uh, we were talking about the fact that we're in what we consider our indoor season, mm-hmm. and it's because the outdoor 
for uh, uh, areas like um, um, uh, like uh, Prairie Town and our uh, Bloom Voyage and uh, the Animal Encounter Barn and, and uh, Civil War Journey and Treetop Outpost. And I can go on and on. They're all closed right now. Mm-hmm. And so Thursday through Sunday, we have our Welcome Center open where we have Create, Connect, Make Smith Workshop, Discovery Station, and other activities going on. But we need a larger space. We need to have mm-hmm. this space where we can have programming and exhibits year-round. So people, whether they're coming in the wintertime or a rainy day, they know that Conner Prairie is still a destination that they want to come to. And that's what this new Museum Experience Center is going to do. It's going to help us leverage our affiliation with the Smithsonian. It's going to help us uh, uh, leverage the type of exhibits and programs that we can do that our audiences are asking for. You are still set- settling into Indiana. I think you've been here about four years uh, or, or so now. Um, what excites you about the opportunities uh, in our state in telling the story of innovation, especially in the ag biosciences through education? Well, you know, when I first got the phone call uh, about Connor Perry, I did a little research and, and was seeing how, you know, Carmel had already been developing, but I saw that Fishers was really developing under Mayor Fadness uh, and saw what Noblesville and, and Westville was doing. So I knew that Hamlin County was a, was an area that was uh, really developing, and I'd have an opportunity to come in and be part of that. Mm-hmm. But I was really excited about agriculture. And I, I would say that Connor Perry is one of these perfect fits for me personally and professionally at the right time in my life mm-hmm. and to be able to use all these experiences and my limited knowledge of agriculture mm-hmm. and look at the history of agriculture at Connor Perry and say, hey, this is something we can do. And very early on, uh, I discovered Agronovus and uh, knew that that was an organization that we didn't align with and met uh, Beth Bechtel and, and we've developed relationships. She actually serves on uh, mm-hmm. the Connor Perry uh, Museum Board now. And that's been so helpful as she's helped us make um, mm-hmm. more contacts within the agricultural community uh, as we talk about the story that we want to tell about agriculture culture in the state of Indiana. Norman Burns is the president and CEO of Connor Prairie. Norman, thank you very much for your insights uh, into Indiana's ag biosciences and for joining us this week on the podcast. Always happy to be here. Okay. Well, and thank you for joining us on this latest uh, edition of Ag Plus Bio Plus Science, uh, the podcast, a weekly production partnership between Agronovus Indiana and Inside Indiana Business. And you can keep up to date with Agronovus by following uh, Agronovus on Twitter and Instagram at Agronovusin. Also find Agronovus on LinkedIn, Facebook, and YouTube. And don't forget to leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts so we can continue to share ag bioscience stories like this with more and more people. Thanks for joining us. I'm Gary Dick. We'll see you next time. This podcast is a product of Inside Indiana Business, hosted by Gary Dick, produced by Libby Fritz and Joe Ullery, and was recorded on location at Launch Fishers. More people get Indiana Business News from Inside Indiana Business than any other source.